Darren Burrell. And I'm your co-host, Patrick McIntyre. We will explore the stories from our conscious collection of music, books, and film. The ones that have shaped our lives. Join us as we take a closer look at what remains. Hello again, and welcome to Remainders, where we share stories from our conscious collection of movies, books, and film. The stories, the sounds, and the characters that stay with you long after they've returned to the shelves. Today and throughout this 10-part season, we will be exploring the steps within the creative process, how the stories, sounds, and characters we love come to exist. Together, We'll be exploring the steps involved and the joy that comes with fully immersing yourself in creation. In our first episode, we discussed inspiration, how to look for inspiration, and how it might find us. If you missed this episode, you can go back and listen at any time. In today's episode, though, we will be discussing discomfort. I'm not just talking about feeling cramped up during a long airplane ride or waking up on Sunday morning after a booze-infused Saturday night. There are many ways to experience discomfort, and I'd like to talk about how we can use it as a tool in our daily lives as well as our creative lives. Most people I know are fortunate enough to have items to shield them from the cold. They have jackets, hats, blankets, heated homes, heated cars, and so on. Human beings have invented ways to protect ourselves from the elements. At times, we forget what it feels like to be truly afflicted by the cold because, if we're fortunate enough, we have a remedy for it. But what happens when we step outside without a jacket or a hat in the winter, and there's no quick solution for feeling like you're about to turn into Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining? Okay, maybe that's a little extreme, but the point is, there's no heated home to dip into, no department store around to buy a sweater, there's nothing to keep us warm for a while. For the foreseeable future, we will have to stew in our discontent until that relief arrives. We start to think about and appreciate our fireplaces, our hot showers, and those things that just moments before we took for granted. We become consciously aware of what is happening and gain a heightened appreciation for the warmth when we are finally shielded from this discomfort. I mention this because it's one example of how we can experience joy from discomfort by practicing something as simple as walking outside without a jacket for a few hours. We can practice being cold so that we're better prepared for when a source of warmth does not exist. It's important to be aware of the things that make us uncomfortable so that we can truly enter a place of joy and appreciation when that discomfort is lifted. So let's talk about a few more ways to use this process to our advantage, specifically when it comes to the creative process. Uncharted waters. If you're like me, you don't like to push outside of your comfort zone. It's scary out there. Maybe you're pretty good as an artist anyway. You've worked a long, long time honing your craft and you've got it where you want it. You're truly content with your process and how things are going. That's great. You should be. It's good and right to feel desire towards the things you have achieved. But is that all there is? If you're an artist, have you experienced other mediums apart from what you know? Are you afraid to try another simply because it's something you're not used to? 
What would happen if you did? Maybe you find out that it's not for you. Okay. Or maybe it will open up a whole new world of wonder and creativity that you didn't know existed. For me, I'm always scared of trying something new. I think a lot of us are. Recently, I took note of an artist I admire trying something new. A well-respected and accomplished artist was trying his hand at video production and editing for the first time. At the age of 50, he was pushing past ageism, stigmas, and overall discomfort to explore a process that was foreign to him. And you know what? He was overjoyed. He said, I'm learning new things, I'm excited about it, and things are starting to look up. You know, I just think that's terrific because he decided to dive into something that made him feel discomfort, and he was now experiencing a sense of fun and excitement instead of anxiety and fear. To all of you creative minds out there, try something new. You might find it's easier and more fun than your mind will allow you to believe. Next, abstaining from what is familiar. Sometimes we need to unlearn what we have learned, as the famous Yoda line goes. This is obviously very uncomfortable to do. Just look at how hard it was for Luke Skywalker. We pick up so much over our lifetime that our unconscious mind takes over after a while and we are mostly unaware that we can change these learned habits. Good or bad, a lot of who we become is based on what we soak up over time. Think about it. Religious beliefs, political affiliations, right down to the genre of music we identify with. The good news is that we can change and grow if we wish to. Human beings are gifted with the ability to think. We can untrain our brains with a little work. Take, for example, alcohol. In my life, I used to think that to go out, I needed to be sufficiently softened up to be social. A few drinks just to hold a conversation. And when I finally decided to take a little control over what I considered to be an issue, I took a look at why I felt that way. Over time, it's simply what I saw and what I experienced. To attend a party, a concert, or just to go make dinner, booze was part of the equation. I would equate a good time with having to have that stimulation from alcohol. I could be more, quote-unquote, myself at these functions with it. Maybe you've experienced that too. But after doing some inner reflection and research, I realized that this was all a product of what I had been pre-programmed to believe. Just because it's what I saw my parents do, my friends do, or, you know, what an advertisement manipulated me into believing. That's the way you should behave when you go out. But that doesn't mean it's the rule. Now, I can be anywhere and have a good time because I am consciously aware that just because everybody does it or society accepts it as commonplace, that doesn't mean that alcohol needs to be affiliated with who I am or what I am. We are all born without experiences. Those are learned over time. So how does all of this relate to what we're talking about today? Well, it's really pretty simple. You have learned how to create a certain way through your teachings. You have talent, and it can be harnessed in many different ways. Why not try to navigate in a place of discomfort every now and again? In school, I remember learning to draw blindfolded, an exercise to truly work through something that was familiar to awake thoughts, feelings, and creative that was unfamiliar. We take our eyesight for granted, that we can control what we create through that remarkable sense. But there's a lot that you can achieve when you suspend that gift. Your other senses become more in tune with the work you're doing. 
and you begin to experience a sort of creative awakening and learn new skills to apply to an already amazing creative process. Give it a try sometime. I think you'll see what I mean. And finally, dealing with criticism. Putting your work out there can be uncomfortable. Once you release it into the wild, there's no telling what kind of life it's going to have. Will people like it? Will they hate it? And maybe worst of all, maybe they won't feel anything towards it. This is why I always like to look to my peers for constructive criticism first. A group of your peers will have some understanding of the creative process and will know how to point out the positive and negative in a beneficial way. When it comes to the internet, you'll be faced with people looking to cause trouble. It's almost like a new pastime for this generation of armchair commentators. I shudder to think of how some younger creatives are handling all of the mess on TikTok, Instagram, and the like. It's almost like those platforms were built solely for people to bring you down. <laughs> but your work will be on public display if you choose to share it. And on social media, people are there to be engaged by your work if they've chosen to follow you. As Alfred Hitchcock once said, Always make the audience suffer as much as possible. Uh, that's my really bad Alfred Hitchcock, but I really love that quote. I don't believe he was talking about physically harming them, although that's pretty on brand for the man, which is why that quote is so great. I believe Hitch was actually saying that your work should elicit emotion. So any kind of response to your work means it's doing just that. Some comments or criticisms might make you uncomfortable. Keep in mind that your job is done. Move forward with the next creative idea and let your previous work speak for itself and live the life it's supposed to live. It's really not up to you what happens once it's out there. There are so many ways that we can be disrupted in this life. A loss of a job, a death, a breakup, or an addiction, and so much more. So many things to experience in this life, right? If we can harness the discomfort within these traditionally negative experiences, we can achieve more love, joy, appreciation, and understanding when they move into the past. Next time, I'll be rejoined by my co-host Patrick McIntyre, and we'll be having a discussion about conscious thoughts and pre-programming in our daily lives and in our creative lives. This has been the second episode in our 10-part series on being joyfully present in the creative process. Thanks for listening to Remainders, and if you liked this episode, we have a full first season you can consume on our website, remainderspod.com, as well as the first episode in this series. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. 